Hello, welcome to The Imposters, the podcast series for PhD students by PhD students. I am your host, Francesca Vaghi, and joining me in the studio again are Alina Postu and Imran Jamal from the Department of Anthropology here at SOAS. As the show comes to an end today, we will be looking back on these last eight months, celebrate Alina's viva, and as always, we will share some great advice and music. Thank you for tuning to SOAS Radio, and welcome once again to The Imposters. again. Hi Fran. It's lovely to have you back. Imran and Alina were the first guests that I had on this uh, podcast so it's lovely to to end where we started. We will be looking back a bit to the last eight months. We will hear and congratulate Alina for becoming Dr. Apostu about a month ago was that? About a month ago yes yes 15th of November. (laughs) Yeah literally almost a month ago that's wonderful. How are you feeling basking in all this wisdom? Uh, well, I don't feel the wisdom that much. More the strangeness of waking up and not having to work on my dissertation. That kind of still hits me. But it feels it feels very freeing. And I can't wait for you both to feel that. Do you wake up sometimes and then be like, oh, wait, I'm a doctor now. <laughs> like. no, not, I guess not not quite. But I had a moment of you a few days days back in uh, in the staff common room I kind of was, was sitting waiting for a student uh, to come and I kind of just looked around and said it's done it's actually done and I had been in that room so many times with you and other of our friends and sort of freaking out or not freaking out or <laughs> whatnot um, and yeah it's you will see um, I know I'm describing it but I'm not really capturing it and you will feel it and it will be very very cool yeah i'm excited and i think it'll be really nice for listeners to hear about things that were useful for you leading up to Mm. the viva and kind of the things you're up to now we know that you're writing an article and hopefully we'll get it published very soon fingers crossed and so yeah all advice that i think is is very useful and we need to hear glad to share and imran i hope you can catch us up on what you've been up to these last eight months since you last were in the studio (laughs) yeah I know, I was just saying, eight months, it doesn't feel like eight months. But then it was summer and warm and Mm. so different. I remember that it was hot. Do you remember (laughs) when we're like, is this too hot in here? I do remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I think as we were talking earlier, um, it's really very strange. And um, I was telling you that I can't remember much of the last year and I'm looking at you too and I know that I was at the very similar point last year but I can't remember I can sort of intellectually relate to it but I can't I I can't have the feeling I can't remember the feeling of being there Mm. um yeah were were we saying that it was a bit like giving birth that you kind of just forget about Mm. the pain Apparently so, yes. I mean, I, I hope people who actually gave birth don't feel that we're taking it too much. <laughs> As anthropologists, maybe it's something about the human condition, the universal mm. human condition of 
overcoming suffering and pain yeah. or whatever. <laughs> not my I like your, your gesticulation at like, this moment. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, not comparing the two, but going through yeah. something and then forgetting the traumatic mm. elements of it to remember the kind of good bits or the intellectual yeah. bits, but not being able to recall all the kind of affective or the emotional. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think you're right. So tell us what was what was useful in the lead up to well first the submission and then yeah. the the actual viva. I will say a bit about you know prior to submitting the dissertation because I think I think we all got very close. So the, those of us who had to submit at the same time, we had a very interesting sort of sense of maybe communitas rather than community <laughs> to kind of really praise the anthropological. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, it's not that we met very often and some of us, you know, each of us had a very different way of, of sort of going through the, the process, but I would, I would meet my, my, uh, friends who, uh, were kind of on the same, on the same timeline and you didn't really have to say much. You would kind of just recognize in their eyes immediately in their face expressions and movement and so on. Um, it was a very interesting thing, uh, and it, it, it intensified towards, you know, the closer we got to the deadline. Um, we tried as much as possible. We actually, a, a few of us went together and submitted our dissertations together. Oh, that's nice. It just makes the whole thing a bit, or at least for me, it made it a bit more, not, I don't know if meaningful, but it, it gave it an, an extra dimension, um, especially since you get to the office and the people in the office are extremely warm and kind and mm. so on. But you get to the office, you sign your, you know, your receipt, they give you your receipt, they take a copy of whatever. Um, and then they, they, they put your two copies of your dissertation, four years of your life, on a pile that's a, over a meter high. <laughs> and there are about three or four piles. Don't you? It doesn't make you feel very special, does exactly. it? Exactly. No, it's just, it, you kind of, like your whole weight and everything just sinks to the bottom of your feet. Um, having a few other people with us in, um, you know, from, from our cohort, that made, made a huge difference for me, um, at least. Yeah. Um, and then prior to the Viva, I loved the fact that I had my Viva, uh, my Viva prior to Christmas, so I didn't have to wait into the new year. I think that makes a huge difference if you can have it in the like two, maybe three months at most since the date you, uh, you submit. Um, and then just take as much time as you possibly can between submitting the dissertation and then rereading the the work um, in preparation for the for the uh, viva. Um, and then yeah, try to step back, detach, try to read it as if it's not your own. Write down all the questions that come up that you feel you're not confident in, that you feel maybe you know misunderstood or things of the sort know your examiner's work not in the sense that not to kind of butter them up I guess that would be an expression but just to be able to anticipate the kind of questions and the kind of perspectives they would bring uh, in reading your work um, and then as my wonderful supervisor mm. said try to enjoy it mm. as weird and as counterintuitive as crazy as that sound do try to enjoy it and I know you may have heard this before many times but it really is the only time when you have to experience researchers reading your work front to back and the other way around and kind of really engaging with 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 what you wrote and what you thought and, you know, how you put it together. So, um, yeah, make the most of it. 
And during the Viva, don't be afraid to hold your ground. Not at all. Not in an impolite way, but do take ownership of what you what you did, what you wrote. And I think I can tell that there's been like a difference in your like like the way you carry yourself after <laughs> doing the Viva. I can tell that you're. I hope. I think. It seems to me that you have overcome imposter syndrome yeah. and it's a, it's a lovely thing to see actually. From the inside out, you know, there's, there's still there, the imposter syndrome, but I guess there's a, a bit more of a sense of ownership mm. with, in relation to this particular piece of research and writing. Yeah, and something does change, I don't know, right after, it, it's a very strange thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we let Imran tell us a bit about the updates on his side, yes. uh, I thought we would play one of the songs you've brought today, Alina, yes. uh, Talking Heads, <laughs> Take Me to the River, just because I think that's quite a celebratory tune, and uh, I think you certainly deserve to be celebrated. <laughs> so we'll be much. right back with more. How have you been these last months? I've been good. I don't know about progress coming along, but it will happen when it happens, hopefully. As my supervisors say, trust the process. Yeah, yes. <laughs> They're wise humans. But yeah, I've been good. It's just been interesting because I'm teaching for the first time this term. And that's an interesting experience. I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. It's yeah, taking a bit more time than I expected it to, but that's also fun. And I guess it's also a break from the thesis and just looking at the same thing. Uh, other than that, just been slightly busy in the last few weeks with all the things happening around campus, with the cuts, but kind of looking forward to the Christmas break because then I'll actually get to go back to writing. Mm. That'll be fun. Um, and just to come back to the communitas point, and I'm sorry for the anthropology geekery, <laughs> <laughs> like the way you described the moment of the communitas and then the kind of ritual ending of community, you know. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to Turner, and the ritualization of handing over mm. the uh, handing over the thesis 
gave it more meaning than it would otherwise have. It's it just marked it in a way. I I kind of imagined it to be very anticlimactic, were I to go on my own. Yeah. Um, and then just having a few people around looking as exhausted as I was looking. <laughs> um. Well, this leads us quite nicely into one of the things I want to talk about mm. today, which is kind of like looking back on the highlights of the podcast um, these last months. And one of the things we talked about, maybe not too long after you guys came on, was this idea of rites of passage mm. in the PhD. So it sounds mm. like they definitely do matter. Maybe because we're anthropologists, who knows? But I think, I don't know. No, I mean, I I would be quite confident in saying that what mm. whatever discipline you I, and, but I think we also worked at it a bit um, in the sense that we did sort of try to get there. Okay, let's let's go out for a drink or how is everyone? So there yeah. were little things like that. I don't know. To me, it really made a huge difference yeah, to have. So easy to kind of get stuck in your bubble. Mm, mm. Bec this thing of getting into your routine and at the same time, regardless of how annoying or how frustrated you are there is a sense of comfort in that yeah 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 right absolutely no absolutely there's one other i i was satisfied with every single episode that i recorded in the studio but um I, I think the one mistake I made was that I invited two extremely high achievers on my episode about <laughs> procrastination. Yeah. So maybe we'll take another little mu mm. musical break and then we can talk a bit about that because I know from previous conversations the three of us have had that we are master procrastinators in the real sense. And we say that with pride. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we found our own niches of doing yeah. it in different yes, ways. I so. think so. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think we should talk a bit about that. But before then, we will play one song that Imran brought beautiful music from a band called Tonolek. Yeah, I really like the group. They do folk, but like electro-folk. And some. And this one I think isn't that funky, but some of their compositions are really cool. And they um, ha also have more kind of uh, traditional South American folk songs, and then they've put their twist on it. And they just have amazing voices. Mm. It's like it's a duo and just so beautiful. I love talking to Imran about TV shows that we both enjoy watching. I mean, we spend hours talking about a number of different shows. Um, one of our favorite shows, La Casa de los Flores, 
Fran does an amazing impression <laughs> of one of the main protagonists. Hopefully she will share with all the listeners. Please do. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the spot now. Es que esa serie es buenísima. O sea, la puedo ver todo el día y la verdad es que me encanta. And, like, if you've never seen it, you have no idea how spot on that impression is. Like, sometimes we just messaged each other in Spanish with dashes, with hyphens. Well, <laughs> when the series came out, I was really impressed to see on Twitter people who weren't even Mexican. Uh, they were doing the Paulina de la Mora challenge. So trying to write things out as slowly as she would say them because that's her like signature thing that she sto- she talks really slowly but it's great it's like hilarious so this is a pretty good one if you if if you want to learn spanish i would say mexican spanish is the easiest spanish yeah. to learn but I mean, we disagree Peruvian. we oh. disagree on this point yeah <laughs> no but alina for instance i know that there were days where you told me you know i've been just watching films or all day yeah. and I, as I said in my acknowledgments, I'm immensely grateful for the friends I've made here and for you too and for um, our friends in in our cohort. Um, But the fact that I had a group of friends outside of SOAS, outside of academia, outside of PhD, who are into films and music and software engineering and sort of anything else, that really, really helped me. Um, and the fact that um, I will say, um, the, the fact that I have a, a very close friend who's organizing this weekly cine club and really taking me completely out of my, um, you know, daily uh, da- daily grind here in, mm. in writing the, the dissertation. And I'm immensely grateful to him. So it's, it's just... I just found it so, so important to to be able to anything. If it's listening to music, walking, watching films, I, it doesn't really matter what it is. But if you can ha- have a routine and doing something else apart from from the dissertation that kind of brings you mm. joy and still makes you think and challenges mm. you and so on, then then don't give that up. Mm. Don't give that up at all. You need you need people who don't understand what Comunitas is, although they live it probably you know, every Christmas or concert or whatever to kind of keep you, I don't know, I, 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 because I felt very free after finishing the Viva, um, many people told me that I would have a sort of post-Viva blues, which Mm. is not as serious as I've heard other, uh, you know, heard it from, from other colleagues of mine, but it is, it is there. It is after four years of focusing on one single thing and making that sort of the end of like the, the uttermost goal and everything. I'm now sort of running on thi- in thin air, you know, like that roadrunner cur- cartoon mm. with a yeah. coyote running, kind of running, running, running off a cliff and then <laughs> a few seconds and then uh, falling. Um, but now you have to kind of diverge your attention. And okay, so am I applying for postdocs? Am I looking for another job? Am I thinking of leaving academia? Am I thinking of having a family? Am I thinking of traveling around the world? What what do I do now? And that's such a different se- um, change in your mindset, uh, which can take its toll on you. Not only, It's just so many things and you can't really contain them and kind of organize them, which I like to do. Um, <laughs> So yeah, any anything that makes it better for next time. It's just yeah, and just hearing you talk about outside PhD academia, 
stuff that people do when they're engaged in this process. They've got me thinking that it's so true. Like, it becomes your key identity in so many ways. And it's reinforced by this fear of like, oh, I've spent a year. Oh, crap, I've spent two years, Mm. three years, now four years. And it's this constant thing of this is what I need to do, even if I'm not doing it, I should be doing it. And um, I don't know if for you guys or for other people, it's even when you're not doing it, it's it's working in the background and you just, I don't know, you're watching something and you just have a random thought and you're mm. like, oh, yeah, okay, but I don't want to think about this right now. Mm. <laughs> like, I'd rather just watch crappy TV yeah. and enjoy this. Yeah. And it's interesting how... We produce academia mm. by just in I mean, now I'm geeking out, so I'm going to finish that. Yeah. But yeah, just that kind of reproduction of it. But also just everyday life. And maybe, like, it's not that deep. Mm. Like, maybe remembering that from time to time. Like, yeah, it's cool, it's important. We're spending a lot of time, energy, effort, money, whatever. But also, it doesn't mean anything. Mm. I know this is heresy. But I don't think so. <coughs> it's also the kind of blunt kind of realism of it's a thing like any other thing, and because it's reified, doesn't give it any more or less importance. I don't know if we mentioned the bubble, but mm. like it kind of, it's good to prick that bubble every now yeah. and again because otherwise it does lead to that isolation. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, everything that you've spoken about over the few months, I was going to say weeks, but it's been months, <laughs> of the podcast, right? It, yeah. in a way, is a very intensely isolating experience. Mm. And because you're spending so much time and everyone else is doing it, so you have to do it too. Yeah. But then also realising there are other ways of doing this too yeah. is important. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, I think Jimi Hendrix is a perfect segue <laughs> into into. I could not agree more. Tell us a bit about why you chose the song. Um, it was one of the songs that I listened on repeat uh, during the last months of the PhD, and I like Jimi Hendrix a lot. Mm. Um, he's a very dear friend, <laughs> very close to my soul. Uh, but in particular, I mean, he's obviously very well known for his um, electric guitar skills. Um, but there, there are a couple. There are only two of videos of him playing an acoustic guitar, and um, it's it makes uh, more of an impact when you actually watch the video because you see him, you see him almost shy, um, kind of almost figuring it out as as he goes. Um, anyway, yeah. If you watch the video, hopefully you'll recognize some of my description in that. But I think this is a beautiful uh, rendition.
We move on a bit now from what it's like to be in the PhD to what it's like to be close to finishing or, or finished. We were just uh, mentioning a bit kind of the status of higher education and the di direction it's taking. As Imran mentioned, um, there's been quite a lot of um, activity on campus recently about cuts to different um, sectors of, of our university in particular, but we see this across the UK, I guess. And what do we think this means for us as early career researchers and are the choices that we're thinking of making? So be nice to hear your thoughts about all of this. It's hard not to feel slightly saddened by what's happening because I'm not going to go into a kind of rant, but essentially today, earlier today, Fran and I were at the anti-cut demonstration outside SOAS because there's a proposed 25% cut to library staff. And the library is not the only element of the university that's been affected. There are other bits as well. But essentially, it's baffling that the institution, SOAS, who prides itself or wants to pride itself on specialization on particular areas. And that's the reason why all three of us are here, I would say. Mm. The regional specialists, the subject specialists, and the resources. And cutting that makes no sense in a climate where the institution needs to do more to actually highlight its specialization and how it's different from other universities. And we know it cannot compete with the likes of UCL, LSE, Kings, just because mm. they are bigger institutions, they have more funding, they have more resources. So instead of specializing and investing, money is being diverted to uh, senior management uh, positions within the university at the cost of people who actually do the job. So lower grades, people who are actually providing the services, they're losing their jobs, but none of the actual senior managers are losing their jobs. Mm. But if anything, they've added more posts. So this kind of resource, yeah, this kind of resource allocation or reallocation along more ideological lines is really frightening. And not just here, it's happening elsewhere within higher education with a greater kind of mm. managerial class coming in to HE in the UK which does bring in bigger questions, for me at least, in terms of do I want to stay in or is this something that I want to be a part of because mm. finishing your PhD does not mean you're done. It's just the end no. of one stage of precariousness as you enter another one. Yeah. Is that, right. is that kind of the thoughts that you've had? To yes, you? yes, which is why I've started considering more more seriously the idea of not working in, in academia anymore and really sort of surveying the the options of doing research in yeah non-academic non-academic context but it's very hard not to kind of feel yeah. completely hopeless mm. um, and to cut funding to library is just you know shooting yourself in the foot I don't understand how it is this is has become an opaque idea to people who are in have worked in in university so sort of the managerial yeah. um, um, group or whatever it, but working in in a university uh, university context um, and as you say so as is quirky and interesting and cool and all of that because you have people who manage to 
keep it, uh, you know, maintain it and keep it and, and take care of the, the repositories and the books and everything and are able to speak to students who are interesting in this, I don't know, language that has not been spoken for, like all of these little things. Yeah. And student and students will be, will be mostly uh, affected by this. Mm. Mm. But it's not all bad. I mean, okay. it's bleak, right? But mm. then there's there are always things that we can do in terms of pushing back. And I think it is important for students, PhD students, people who are earlier researchers or later in their career to collectively take action. And yeah. I've been speaking to some friends who, te- who are GTAs, so graduate teaching positions in other universities outside SOAS and yeah just some of their working conditions are crazy like I have friends who don't get paid for teaching because yeah it's part of their studentship Mm. yeah that's true yeah it's true yeah so they teach and do all that labor but there is no financial Mm. remuneration Mm. for that yeah yeah, in a way, I mean, I think it's good to have points of reference, and as you say, mm. not to not to kind of go completely overboard in negativity <laughs> and so on. But at the same time, you know, I think it's important to keep in mind, okay, what's to to, to keep in mind that an ideal situation that we would yeah. like to achieve to kind of keep it like the, um, um, you know, like a light at hopefully the end of a tunnel or something like this well i think uh, if we pin that positivity for a minute we can come back mm. to it before we say goodbye to the listeners and uh, we'll go into a little musical break uh, a song that imran brought uh, yep. which i will let you introduce because i don't want to butcher <laughs> the name of the singer or the song so this is shay to me by lrb ayubachu um, I is a person and our beast the group the band he was part of the reason why I picked this he passed away uh, in October this year and I woke up uh, and I was at the bus stop waiting for the bus and I was on Facebook on my phone and most of my friends Bangladesh had a post and you know how Facebook works because everyone's talking about the same thing so just inundated with uh, people just reflecting, sharing his music, talking about what a loss it was for rock in Bangladesh. But more or less everyone had this song. It's a sappy love song. But it's just one of those songs that I think speaks. Someone's got a guitar, you strum the first few chords and everyone knows the lyrics. Me, 
Have you become so unknown to me? Oh, like, I mean, it's poetic, but once you translate it, it's like ugh. that happens to me all the time with um, lyrics in Spanish. When I try to translate them into English, it's awful. Yeah, I just, I just find myself thinking, "Am I that cheesy?" I mean, I know I'm cheesy, but <laughs> am I that cheesy? We have come to the end of today's episode, and. I don't want it to end, but it needs to. Um, I think it would be nice to end on a positive note. Maybe yeah. give a couple words of advice just, you know, to people that might be feeling the winter blues as we seem to be doing. People that uh, are also in the process of writing up or people that are struggling with the beginning of the PhD even. I know that perhaps we don't remember how that feels maybe, but any any words of comfort that we can send out into the PhD world? Eat. Eat. Basically, the winter months are upon us, and I can't speak for other people, but <laughs> I've been snacking. Like Fran and I, if I'm allowed to expose ourselves, we usually have lunch around 12. Wow. And I'd usually be good to go and then eat, like, you know, in the evening, whatever, whenever. But now it's like by 3 o'clock, I'm like, oh, I'm peckish. And if I miss that snack, by the time it's dinner time, I'm famished. I think actually that's what my supervisors told me when I asked them earlier. Well, when the term began, I was like, so any words of advice for the final push? And they were like, eat, sleep, exercise, (laughs) take time out. I'm like, okay, basic, basic things. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Funnily enough, I don't know what happened to me this winter. I don't don't eat as much as I used to. (laughs) As a doctor, you're... Of course. You know... (laughs) It's changed. Yeah. Reborn. <laughs> um, no, but I would I would certainly subscribe to that. Yeah, just eat and eat stews and oh. soups and and cook with others if you can. If you can have people in your house, even if it's a small house and so on. It doesn't matter if you're kind of step on each other's toes. Just gather and eat to then cook together. But a uh, second one would be to walk. Mm. Um, in this cold? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, have a nice warm um, hat and a good warm um, and a good warm coat and good boots, and just go walk. Yeah, I don't know. I've just found it the, the the most useful thing I could do after the viva and thinking through you know what to do next and so on. And yeah, walk for at least an hour and a half continuously, and not slowly. I mean, don't get yourself out of uh, breath, but. Like a a good a good regular walk, brisk walk. Mm. It yeah. helps. I mean, yeah, or anything that gives you time for you. Mm-hmm. I think this is regardless of where you are. Turn off your laptop mm. and put your books away for a couple of hours. Mm. Walk yeah. or watch some great trashy TV. <laughs> yeah, and right. if I may say so as well, and I guess that's kind of what led me to have this podcast as well is just find something creative as mm. well yeah. I think that has really helped me 
yeah, I think just having something tangible, even if it's baking a cake or yeah, maybe yeah, cooking is a great example, but just something tangible that gives you a sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. that you can finish within a very yeah. short amount of time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And find people that you enjoy. Find people whose company you enjoy. Two different things, but you know, take whichever advice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You want, but yeah, just kind of also what you were speaking about earlier, this idea of community, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think remember, yeah, joking. Yeah. And taking the piss, if we can say that. Um, and yeah, just exercise those muscles because it. Stop being so serious all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah, no, absolutely. Make, yeah. make, make jokes, make. Silly jokes. Yeah. Yeah. The worse the pun, the better. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I could not. I could not agree more. Yeah. Well, I think those are wonderful words of advice to leave uh, our listeners with, and to end the stage of my career as a podcast host with. But you'll be back. I, yes. I will try to be back. I hope to be back. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. No. I think that would be nice. Mm. Um, but yes, I would like to leave us all with a song that I've been meaning to play since I even <laughs> thought of this podcast. It's a very cheesy pop song called yeah. uh, Don't Be So Hard on Yourself by Jess Glynn. And actually, this album got me through probably the first year of my PhD and certainly the upgrade Viva part of the PhD. And I think the message is very clear. Just don't be so hard on yourself. I think that's also kind of what we were getting at with these little yeah. positive reflections. Mm. So I just want to thank you both so much for, again, taking the time to join me in the studio. It's been wonderful, and it was wonderful to start thinking of this project with the two of you and and to see it through twice. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yes, thank you. And thank you very much to everyone that's been listening. I, yeah, shout out to all of you. You know who you are. And um, <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I hope to be back soon. But for now, this is Jess Glynn. You've been listening to The Imposters on SOAS Radio and wishing you all happy holidays and good luck to everyone that is out there doing a PhD. I came here with a broken heart that no one else could see. I drew a smile on my face to paper over me. But wounds heal when tears dry and cracks they don't show. So don't be so hard on yourself now. Let's go back to simplicity I feel like I've been missing it Was not who I'm supposed to be I felt this darkness over me We all get there eventually I never knew where I belong But I was right and you were wrong Been telling myself all alone Don't be so hard on yourself, oh Learn to forgive, learn to let go Everyone trips, everyone falls So don't be so hard Top of the world, right where I wanna be. So, how can this dark cloud keep raining over me? But hearts break and hell's a place that everyone knows. So, don't be so hard on yourself, no. Don't be so hard on yourself, no.